Han Shu and some other people played basketball on Saturday night. Lockdown women's basketball starts now. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, happy Monday and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Megdahl, founder and editor of The Next. You can follow all the work we're doing over there. More than 100 reported pieces every month at thenexthoops.com. You can subscribe. It's $9 a month, $72 a year. It all goes to writers, editors, social media members, you name it. And those, I think, all qualify as they relate to the great Jackie Powell, who's here to join us to talk about Han Shu, to talk about Tina Charles, and to talk about the power rankings, the pecking order, as it relates in the WNBA. Jackie, you were telling me off the air that other players had also participated in the New York Liberties win over the Chicago Sky on Saturday night and not just Han Shu. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> yes. I mean, it was not Han who hit the game-winning shot, and it wasn't Han who made the game-winning box out. Those were from mm-hmm. two different players, and shot coming from Sabrina Ionescu, getting an and-one, uh, driving mm-hmm. to the rim while Rebecca Gardner was guarding her. And that box out came from 2021 Rookie of the Year, Michaela Onyenwede, who successfully defended Candace Parker on a post-up and successfully boxed her out to get the rebound and then got fouled. So what I'm hearing from you is that Han Shu's dominance helped lead the way to keep the Liberty in striking distance when some other players uh, jumped in and helped as well. Is that how, am I hearing that right? That this is basically a direct consequence of Han Shu's dominance? I, I mean, listen, Han Shu scored... 12 points. Mm-hmm. He had 12 six, point. six rebounds, two assists. I mean, yeah. that's all pretty significant. And that all comes off, off the bench. She played in 21 minutes. The one thing I will say is, you know, the her efficiency wasn't the typical Honshu efficiency. I mean, she was 5 for 13. Um, mm-hmm. She missed the 1-3. She's still sort of dealing with, you know – shots just not falling but Mm -hmm. there was less of a giving up if that made sense i mean it does i I mean i I joke about it but the truth of the matter is it is a big deal for reasons we'll get into that han shu was performing as well as she did uh i'm also working on a piece for 538 uh but you know my my vision tends to go towards han shu uh as usual at the Liberty game. And again, you know, you point out the stats and we will once again point out that Han Shu led the entire game, both teams in height. So, you know, that cannot go unremarked on, but it was a huge win for the New York Liberty. And we talked about this last week on the podcast. This was the math was getting hard, you know, losing those three camp day games, put the Liberty in a very difficult position, even with the win, on Saturday night, they are still one loss behind not only the Dream in the eighth spot, 
Uh, the New York Liberty with 17 losses, the Dream with 16, but the Mercury, who are ninth, who would not even be in the playoffs right now if the season ended today, also with 16. So work to do, but you you get a loss there, and suddenly you're nine and 18, and you are two losses behind the eight and nine as we come in. There are single digits left in this season for everyone on the schedule. That really starts to get challenging. So. You said something to me off the air, and I thought it was so interesting. I'm looking at the box score, and Didi Richards did not play, and Jocelyn Willoughby did not play. This is a shorter bench for this New York Liberty team with only nine people playing. Take me through why and how Sandy Brondello, the Liberty head coach, made that decision in your view. So what I will say is that I intend to gather more information on this very subject because going forward, I have a lot of questions about it, mm-hmm. especially when Sandy alluded to getting back Benajah Laney um, next month. Mm-hmm. And she said to us after the last camp game against the Mystics, after that loss where they were pretty close, they fought through it harder than they did in the previous two camp games. She said, maybe we need Benajah back. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little, I don't know if it's paradoxical because of course Benajah Laney is an all-star and she has veteran status. Mm-hmm. But I, at first I was very surprised by this. And so my understanding of this is Sandy understood how much of a must win this was. The fact that the Liberty would have multiple competitive advantages, which were Sky were coming off a back-to-back. Courtney Vandersloot is still in concussion protocols. Mm -hmm. The Sky's flights were super delayed and they basically didn't sleep. And also the Liberty were at home. Those are three separate competitive advantages that are in favor of the Liberty. I mean, I will say... Without Courtney Vandersloot, the Sky have done quite well because Emma Miesemann and Julie Alamond have been executing this two-player game. And it's it's covered for the fact that Vandersloot has been in concussion protocols. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's worth noting also that you are talking about in Julie Alamond, somebody who has dealt with and recently mastered some of her biggest turnover issues. We talked to James Kay about this on the pod last week, but Julie Alamond is a ridiculously efficient scorer. The question and, and an effective playmaker within the confines of she's got it at the turnovers under control. And so if she's able to do that, I'm just sort of irrespective of what else is happening with Chicago. It's going to allow more flexibility to play her bigger minutes when when you need it, uh, you know, even things like getting Courtney Vandersloot time off the ball in situations that allow her to stay fresher in the playoffs. So it, it, it all really matters. That said, that said, one turnover in 34 minutes and 17 seconds for Julie Alamon is a very big deal. But the Liberty were able to hold her to two for seven from the field and 0 for five from three. Yeah, I I mean, there were some open looks that maybe if she'd gotten sleep, she would have made. But 
Sandy was very happy with how defensively they looked. And this Mm -hmm. is something that when, I think this is a game I will need to rewatch as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But to sort of see, were they playing, were they switching properly? Were they communicating? Was there, how were the rotations looking? Those are things I'm going to look for when I rewatch. But going back to the original question about Jocelyn Willoughby and Dee Dee Richards. So as we said, this was a must win game. And so Sandy has been open about how it's been a struggle to figure out the Liberty's rotations. And with, with limited practice time, it is very difficult to work people back in as they come back from injury. Mm-hmm. And it takes experimentation. And she made the decision this game against Chicago. They didn't, they couldn't experiment. Say against Connecticut, I thought yeah. Jocelyn looked really good. And then something happened. Her confidence went down against Washington and she just didn't look the same. And you know what? She's been out for two months. We can't just expect her to snap right into it. I mean, Maureen Johannes was able to snap right into things when she arrived in New York, but that was because she had been playing nonstop. And of course she sort of hit a wall. Correct. She's starting to come out of now. But I mean, to me, sorry, go ahead. To me, the issue of health is in part why, and so it's health in conjunction with figuring out the chemistry with those players who didn't have health. That's why Sandy shortened the rotation. I mean, you know, you just, it, it cannot be overstated. Jocelyn Willoughby, and we're both very high on, I know, yes. has played 478 minutes total in the WNBA yep. and 95 of them since 2020. That is just not a lot of reps. Whatever you can see in practice, whatever you can see day to day, game speed. You asked any player in this league, game speed is necessary. And, you know, in a must win game, making a one game bet on Jocelyn Willoughby is a difficult thing. But I will say that if you want to make a bet, on Jocelyn Willoughby or anybody else, you can do it over at betonline.net, which is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Now, when I say all, I don't mean the MNBA. I mean all of it. NFL, WNBA, women's college basketball. You're seeing that kind of equality. It means a lot. It's good to see. It's long overdue. BetOnline is the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting to scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. BetOnline, where the game starts. And so as we move beyond just a question of Willoughby and Richards, who, again, you know, same thing, right? You know, game action and getting the opportunity to play regularly. Well, injuries have limited her quite a bit. I do think it's worth pointing out just how much Sabrina Ionescu has been the Sabrina Ionescu that the New York Liberty need. And when you think about, you know, her as a franchise player, somebody with high volume, leading the, leading the team in field goal attempts per game, but she's shooting 42% overall, you know, almost 48 from two. They're all tough twos. 35 from three, 
94% from the line, Elena Deladon-esque. Elena mm-hmm. has been every bit the all-star that the New York Liberty drafted her to be. And, and I guess I wonder whether you think that whether the Liberty succeed or fail this year to make the playoffs, that seeing Sabrina in that pantheon where many of us believed she would be uh, is perhaps the biggest win of this particular season for them, regardless. Oh, it absolutely is. It, it absolutely is. I think a question I asked both Sabrina and Natasha Howard after that game was, take me through how you think both of your leadership skills have grown, you know, from 2021 to 2022. What mm-hmm. has changed? What have you felt? And Sabrina said something fascinating as you could only imagine, she noted that she feels like she and Natasha have similar leadership styles in that they're not always the most vocal, but it's about what they do on the floor. And they're both sort of learning how to be more vocal. They've both gotten more vocal, but that's not naturally who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, Sabrina, I actually spoke to Ruthie Hebert pregame about Sabrina. Mm -hmm. And she sort of said, yeah, you know, in high pressure situations, Sabrina is very serious. She is very laser focused on the moment. Mm-hmm. Not, not maybe your emotional leader, but more sort of your taskmaster leader. Mm. And they think, you know, both she and Natasha Howard are, are learning how to be that, but also how to lead with emotion, which is something that Benajah Laney, that's her bread and butter. And the Liberty have been without Benajah Laney the entire season. And so going back to this team ceiling, it's like, well, this group has never had their big three all healthy at once. Nope. Not once. I mean, you know, we, we kind of brush over it, right? Yeah. In passing. But Nigel Laney being out is a big deal. It's yep. a very big deal. And when they had her last year, because of other injuries, they weren't utilizing her the way Laney is best utilized. You're putting Correct. her in a position to ask more of her than you should. Not that she's not capable. She had an all-star season out of it. But it's not the way the roster's built. You know, a lot of times I feel like people are – critical of players, or they think it's an inherent criticism to say, hey, we're looking for X from a player, not X plus from a player. But that's not it at all. It's you build a roster so that you are putting players in the best position to succeed. Earlier this year, the Minnesota Lynch had Ariel Powers in a position where she's the number one or two. And what she really is, ideally, is a number three. She can be your number one at times. But there's a number, I mean, we've seen it, we've seen, you know, 35 points and the Lynch will win, but that's the way Cheryl Reeve built that roster was to have her be that kind of player for them as a, as a third option after Sylvie Fowles, Kayla McBride, ideally a fourth option when Fee gets back. Right. And so this team is set up for Benajelani to be a three option after Sabrina and Natasha Howard. Well, that's a luxury, but it's a luxury of a team that's a championship contender. Is Laney 
being asked to do the lift as the one or the two while being the type of defensive player that she is, something that is a sustainable thing over the duration of a WNBA season and a deep playoff run. I don't know. There's some evidence to suggest maybe not, maybe not. Uh, and you made her the number four option next year. If they can add somebody at the very top um, who might be a free agent this year from North Syracuse. And you're talking about something even more significant when it comes to strength, when it comes to a potential championship, although that's a whole other offseason conversation. I want to get into a former Liberty player. Uh, people remember that she used to be on the Liberty, but just to kind of take us out of this New York Liberty thought process. They're 10 and 17. Their next name is at Chicago. Mm -hmm. So no rest for the weary, although rest for the weary technically, because they're not playing it until Friday is Friday a must win. And I, and I do that with the caveat. If you haven't seen it, go check out the Brian Regan stand-up routine about must win games. So here's what I'd say about that Chicago game. Mm -hmm. I'd say it is a must be in the game game. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. It the does. It does. need to show that they are continuing to grow and move forward rather than regress. Mm -hmm. If they don't win, but lose by a couple of possessions to me, that proves that this team can then face some less potent teams and continue to build, if that makes sense. It does. Every game, by the way, you know, obviously every Liberty game is must watch because of Han Shu, but there is not a single Liberty game after this Chicago uh, two game series that isn't against a direct competitor. And Sandy Brandello talked about this when we talked to her last week, but Every game's going to be against somebody they're battling for one of those spots. You got Phoenix, two against LA, both at home, at Phoenix, two at Dallas, and then a home and home against Atlanta to end the season. I mean, it is going to be every minute's going to be dramatic in a way that, uh, my goodness, who who's our Liberty Beat reporter? Because she's it's going to be a lot of intensity for her. It is Hi, everyone. Great Jackie Powell. Make sure for listeners, as opposed to YouTube, at Classic J Powell on Twitter. Jackie has covered this Liberty team dating back to the Tina Charles years, which are somehow the olden days. I still can't really get my mind around that. But Tina went out and had an epic Tina Charles type game on. Sunday for the Seattle Storm, 27 points, 15 rebounds. She is the reason, as much as anyone, that Seattle won uh, on a day that Sue Bird only had one field goal made, on a day that, by and large, Atlanta was able to neutralize and limit Gabby Williams. And Jewel Lloyd shot two for 10. Even Brianna Stewart, only five for 13 from the field. But it was Tina. 27 points on 19 shot attempts, four threes. She had four blocks, an assist, a steal. What was your level of shock from 0% to 100% that this happened? Because my level of shock was 0%. I'd say 0 0.001. 
Okay. Fair. <laughs> I mean, this is just, I don't, so she's up above 7,000 points now, which is a mark that very few WNBA players have ever hit. Why are people continuing to sell Tina Charles short? What do you think that is, Jackie? Oh, man, I feel like we could spend an entire podcast on this. I think... I agree. Well, I think the way in which she got onto Seattle definitely still rubs people the wrong way. And I listened to her post-game presser, and she acknowledged that in the most classy, Tina-esque way that she could. Mm -hmm. Um, She, I mean, Tina Charles is probably one of the smartest people we've both ever covered. Mm -hmm. And when you listen to her speak, she's so measured about every single word. Every single word matters so much. And I think... She made a statement last night. She said, you know, there were some people who I guess were a little frustrated with how I took control of my career and I did what was the best for me. Mm -hmm. And Tina Charles has put in, has been put in some situations where she hasn't really been in control of her career. I mean, I don't know, maybe people don't like that she forced a trade to go to the Liberty from the sun once Mike Tebow was fired. Did I get that right? Was that how it was? Rough sequence of events. Yeah. I was around that time. Although it's like, Oh, well, Sylvia Fowles forced a trade as well, but, but there doesn't seem to be any bad blood on that. True. Um, True. And sat out by the way, didn't play for the sky. And, and I don't say that in any way denigrate Sylvia Fowles. It was, a system at that time and still by and large is a system that forces players who want out to essentially uh, strong arm their teams in that way. Yeah. Um, So I I think why have people sold Tina short? I, I think the drama hasn't helped. And I think the fact that her heroics have only come in the regular season mm-hmm. might be why people don't understand her greatness. Maybe Tina Charles finds a way to really help this storm team in this postseason run. Mm-hmm. If she puts up another game like this in the postseason, it could change the arc of her career. That's really interesting. And really plausible and it's going to be fascinating to see uh before i let you go just i do want to talk about i I know you're working on a power rankings for bleacher report which you know again jackie writes for us jackie does so much for us but read everything she writes make sure you do and you're following her um, because she's one of the most important voices in this space but give me your one two and how excited you are about the potential finals matchup for those one, two today, as of right now, we won't hold you to it. If this changes, the lead is constantly evolving and changing, but who's your one, two. Oh, you mean in my power rankings, power the, rankings. The, top in two my, the top two teams in my power rankings are not the two that I have in the finals, to be quite honest. Interesting. All right. One of them, is. One wait, of them wait, is. 
You want to tease to it or you want to elaborate? Either one's okay by me. I mean, I'll just say it. In my power rankings, although this guy lost to the Liberty, I still put them at number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and although the Aces had a very ugly loss against the Dream, mm-hmm. I still have them at number two because they were able to beat the Sparks and they were able to beat the Fever. Um, if there was... You know, if those games were closer, then maybe I'd drop them a little more. But they were able to take care of business against two teams that are far less cohesive and talented. They did. And I understand that. And I appreciate it. I will say, and it's interesting to me, by net rating right now, you know which team is tops in the league? I I didn't even realize this until I went back to check it today. The Sun. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. They're my Go ahead. They they are my three. Um, they moved up a spot. I had them at four last week. They had a pretty good week. And what's really nutty about it is Jonquil Jones was barely in the equation. And so I I'm gonna need to look at the numbers, but I did pose this in our next Slack. I said, mm-hmm. Well, what the hell does this mean? And so the one and only M. Adler said. Basically, what I believe this shows us is that the jumbo lineup does not work. And go back to tinkering some more, which is a thing he was doing earlier this year. But again, we say he has to go back to tinkering. They're leading the lead in net rating. Dare I say a team leading the lead in net rating, but third or fourth in different power rankings might be suffering from a bit of hashtag disrespect. Oh, Howard. <laughs> well, I'm glad we got to talk about Tina Charles today. She plays, of course, in Seattle now. There still is not an NBA team in Seattle, but I think it's important to know that small but growing league has some players that are worth watching as well. So we thank you, of course, for making. Locked on Women's Basketball, you first listen every day, especially in Seattle, where there's a standard of greatness from the WNBA that will be difficult for if the NBA, and I I believe I have that right, the NBA ever does expand back out to Seattle to live up to. So in the meantime, still, your second listen, get up to date on the latest rumors and news in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Locked on NBA. Locked on NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Jackie Powell, it is always wonderful to see you. Thank you for the incredible work you do. I'm looking forward to power rankings. I am extremely looking forward to our playback this week on July 28th. Make sure you guys are tuning in for that as well. You can follow any link. There's an ad in every one of our issues every one of our stories at the next but at 7 p.m eastern time on july 28th the storm versus the connecticut sun watch it live with us right there on your computer it is a good time we always have fun and we usually drop some news into it too so you probably didn't want to be there for that we do and before we go i just should i tease who i see in the finals right now amid the whole will how will the bracketing shake out if we were to exclude, you know, if it would work out in the bracket, mm-hmm. the two teams I see in the finals right now are the Chicago Sky mm-hmm. and, 
and the Tina Charles led Seattle Storm. Ooh, the Tina Charles Storm. Wow, even even ahead of the Honshu led New York Liberty. Those are, that is a big statement. <laughs> okay, well, we'll be with you each and every day tomorrow. The great Gabriella Lewis joins me. We're going to be talking about the Atlanta Dream and Purse Energy their vibes, which are up considerably. Until tomorrow, I am Howard Magdal, founder and editor of The Next, host at Lockdown Women's Basketball, wishing you a wonderful Monday. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.